can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hi, Hannah. Hi. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to be doing this um, remote recording for a little bit while longer. I know, I know. Restaurants might open, but, but- <laughs> um, we're still doing this. <laughs> Maybe we could go to a restaurant and do this. I feel like this is another Hannah episode. These- oh, actually, it is. now that I think about it, it is. Yes. <laughs> so for our Crunchy Convo, we're going to be talking about skin texture. Mm-hmm. And then we have Neil Love's Curls coming on to talk about all things curly girls. And of course, the product we didn't know we needed. On today's episode, we wanted to start off with actually a message from our founder, Kate, because we recently launched an initiative to raise funds for a organization called Safe Steps. And we were able to raise a massive $50,000 for that organization. And Kate has a message that she'd like to share for the wonderful customers that helped us to achieve that. Hi, Kate Morris here. I just wanted to say a massive thank you to the Adore Beauty community for all of your support. Thanks to you, we've been able to raise a total of $50,000 that's going to go to Safe Steps Victoria for emergency crisis services and accommodation and support for victims of domestic violence. They need it now more than ever. I'm so, so grateful for all of you who went ahead and bought one of those packs. Thank you so much. All right, so let's get into our cringy combo. We are going to be talking about skin texture and why yes. it's normal. I'm seeing more and more filtered photos, I think, during this time because everyone's at home taking selfies. <laughs> so um, the reason I wanted to talk about skin texture is we both follow a makeup artist. And if you don't follow her, I really mm-hmm. love her account. Her name is Katie Jane Hughes and she's a makeup artist. And she was kind of the first makeup artist that I started following that was like all about skin texture and I've re- I've read mm-hmm. a couple of her interviews and I really liked this one in particular where she said some people do have freak of nature flawless skin side note that's Joanna <laughs> but, my, <laughs> but some people do have freak of nature flawless skin but most of us don't that's me I think that it's important to be real with people and put images out there that say look I've got pores I've got fine lines I'm not going to edit them out they're part of my face and I don't want to get rid of them I just want to make my skin look the best it can yeah I love that how well does that sum up it sums up our journey yes on this, totally. on this skincare journey it sums up the journey yeah because you really want your skin to look the best that it can but at the same time yeah. you can't get rid of your pores like you actually can't yeah. get rid of them they're there because they help the skin skin to function. So if you didn't have pores, like I've still got pores. Yes, they are small. Do you? Do you? But they're still there. As you know, I'm a fembot, so I don't But when I was young and and I've always had, obviously I've got oily skin and my pores have always been really big. And I used to go to the movies and you'd see ads with like foundation. And so back then it was in ads. And so you saw kind of like before Instagram, you saw like this flawless skin. And so that's kind of what you thought was normal. And then with Instagram, it's like everyone can edit their photos. Yeah, 100%. I used to go onto an app and like 
and this isn't even that long ago, but I used to do the airbrush. Thing. Everyone's been there. And my sister used to tell me, I think she was like. Can you send me an example of one that you've done? Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to find one. But I, but I remember Ruby was like, um, I can tell you edited that photo. And I was like, oh my God, I got to stop doing this. So I actually <laughs> stopped doing it altogether. Yeah. I think it's, I think that when you see all those photos on Instagram, you're like, oh, that's how my skin Mm -hmm. should look or that's what's normal, but it's not. It's not at all. As you said, it's just changed from those old school ads that we used to see for, you know, all of those cosmetic brands where there was a lot of Photoshopping going on and now it's just something that we see every day Mm. in something that we use every day like social media and it's very hard to escape that and I think especially for young girls as well Mm. um, there's an expectation there that you know they have to their skin has to look a certain way and it's just not the case that's not what real skin looks like if you see real skin close up there is texture there's unevenness it's just not realistic to have like a completely blurred complexion blurred that's not real I think what's happened to me more now is I I look at my pores now and I think it's it's come with the education that it's that pores are really normal Mm -hmm. um and that they actually help the skin function that now I look at my pores and I'm like oh that's really normal that's completely fine yeah I'm seeing a lot more accounts where um there's a lot of girls with acne that are maybe going through a a Roaccutane journey and they share all of their experience with it for other people with the same skin condition Mm. and they do not filter anything. It Mm. is exactly what they're going through and it's, you know, emotional for them and it's hard to post and be really vulnerable. But Mm. I think that is majorly helpful to people going through the same thing. But remember you said to me ages ago, you, we we discussed how you were comparing your skin to mine and I was trying to explain to you, no, 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 you've got oily skin, I've got normal to dry skin. So anyone with normal to dry skin is going to have smaller looking pores to someone with oily skin who tend to have more enlarged pores. So I think it's important not to compare your skin to anybody Mm. else's because everybody has their own individual skin concerns and the likelihood is you're not going to have the same skin type. So Yeah, I I totally agree with that. But also what's for me, I I think Katie Jane Hughes is like she sums it up so well, is that you want your skin to look the best it could look and you want to have that kind of like inner glow kind of skin, but you don't, you're not trying to make your skin blur out. Yeah, That's not my goal is not to like completely blur out my skin. Your skin looking the best it can is how it is currently. Like your skin from when you started at a door looks bloody amazing yeah so I would be really happy with that but that's <laughs> thank that's you like a, a journey that you've come on and it is looking really really good but I would be so happy with that I think there was a stage where I was like okay I've got to try and get rid of these pores now I look in the mirror and I'm like that's just I look at it and I go that's normal if you have oily yeah. skin pores are completely normal and if you look at Instagram photos mm-hmm. that have no pores whatsoever that's not normal like Paul, the skin is not the normal thing. Unless you're on my Instagram. Thing. Unless you're on her Instagram, <laughs> yeah, and then you're kidding. I'm totally. No, kidding. you're totally not. <laughs> um, something else that Katie Jane Hughes has said in an interview mm-hmm. is that she said, "Don't get me wrong. Everyone edits their stuff. I edit my stuff. Yeah. So she might edit a pimple, but she doesn't edit the photos into oblivion, which I really like. The thing that I'm taking away from this interview that I read was that." Yes, she edits her photos, but she will never take pores away ever because you can't get rid of pores. Mm -hmm. And she says that she thinks it's an unrealistic standard. And I think that the challenge that I've set myself to after reading this interview was that I want to 
really celebrate my skin texture more and the fact that pores are completely normal, just like cellulite's really normal. And I used to blur all of these imperfections out. And and look, I still do. Like if I'm having a shit skin day, I'm definitely going to use the Paris filter. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to like commit to never using the Paris filter again. But I think the commitment that I want to make to myself is that I try to be a bit more accepting when yes. I see a photo. I don't say, oh my God, look at my pores. I'm really like, oh, look, that's normal. That's my skin. That's normal skin. And I'm really happy with how it looks. So yeah, I think that if you edit your photos, that's normal and it it's nothing to stop doing. It's more about the fact that when you see that photo unedited, that you're like, hey, that's really normal. And I look great. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear any Instagrammers that you follow that I guess normalize skin texture. We love Katie Jane Hughes, but if you have any others, we would love to see them. So please send us a DM and we'll check them out. Yeah, We'll put a few of our faves in our episode notes as well. Welcome to our next guest, Neil from Neil Loves Curls in Fitzroy joins us today. Neil, we actually discovered you through one of our colleagues, Alexina, from our brands team who goes to your salon in Fitzroy because she's got very curly yeah. hair. And I found it really interesting that you specialize in dealing with clients who have curly hair. Why did you decide to focus on that as a hairdresser? It was in like 2005 and I did an evening course when I arrived in Sydney on curly hair. And it just triggers something in me thinking, oh my God, I'd, I'd never thought to treat someone with curly hair different. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to the salon I was working at. And then, um, yeah, I, I just became known as the man that does curly hair. You know, in, in hindsight, I didn't know that much. But then I, these Americans found me in um, like 2011 or 2012 saying, we've got a curly hair group. You should join us. And when I joined them, I was like, wow, this, this is incredible. This is a thing. I think it was, but I, I, I'd, I'd already had my salon open. And I was like the first salon in Australia to, have a, to be curly hair only. And I had people telling me, you won't be that busy only doing curly hair. But we booked out months at a time. So there's a massive audience. There's a massive audience for it. And I don't actually have curly hair. That's the irony. <laughs> <laughs> I, did a, I had a blog called Neil Loves Curls. And my friends going, call it Lord of the Ringlets. But um, I thought, well, as my blog was called it, that's what I should call my salon. And then when I did, with my blog, I I saved photographs about two or three months of clients. Then I did my blog. And then I went from being fully booked every few weeks to being fully booked for, I think it was like five months. And then I got in Frankie magazine. Wow. Wow. And then, yeah, then I had to get a lot. I was just, I was in a small, like, space, just for two people and now there's like five of us but it's just really really tricky at the moment with what's happening in the world where we can only having two people in the salon each day so yeah the salon's open currently seven days a week and that's when my voice is a bit raspy I think (laughs) because I'm just so excited to be back at work yeah you know I don't know there's something Mm. you know I love what I do so I just feel very blessed that Australia's doing so well with what's happening that yeah I think a lot of creatives are just itching to get back to work I know a lot of makeup artists that are just like hanging to be able to paint faces again so yeah I I understand your your enjoyment to get back to work totally a lot of us may not know this but there's actually a grading system for curls can you explain that a little further and what characterizes each curl yeah so it was I shouldn't know the name but I only know there is a man, and it was Oprah Winfrey's hairdresser in the 90s, and he invented the curl numbering system. 
So number one is straight hair. Number two is wavy hair. Number three is curly hair. And number four is coily hair. But, um, and it goes A, B, C. So imagine in the wavies, A is a very light wave. Um, B is a stronger wave. And C is the strongest, tighter wave. On someone's head, they can be a manner of all different textures. And guests in the salon asked me, they said, is it normal that my hair is all different textures? And I feel very British where I'm like, of course it is, love. It just grows out your head. Of course it's normal. It's what it does. And even like yesterday, I did someone's hair that she had stray bits underneath and then wavy at the back and at the front, it was quite curly. So just trying to blend the haircut in, it, it's a lot less. Now there's a thing called the curly method, like the curly girl method. But I think it was invented 20 years ago by an amazing hairdresser called Lorraine Macy. But I think that calling it the curly girl method, you know, when we have lots of men in the salon, just sounds a bit weird. So we just call it the curly method. It's like a rabbit warren. If you go down and you're looking at it, there's so much information out there now. We did touch on it in a previous episode with another hairdresser and it sounded pretty complex. Is it something that you recommend to clients? Can you explain a little bit more about like what that entails? Cutting it down, making it really simple. There's all different ingredients you technically shouldn't have in curly hair. But I think the main two are silicones and they're plastics and they, clo- and they coat your hair. And I think, uh, pretty, I'm pretty sure that silicones were invented in the late 60s and it makes your hair look shiny. So people want, oh my God, it makes my hair look really shiny. But then they realise that it's coating the hair. Yeah. When your hair's got silicon in it, it's like having a barrier. For me, there's, and there's water, there's water soluble silicones. There's all different versions, but I'm like, there's so many amazing products out there now. It's easy to steer clear of it. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's the main one. And then you get sulfates. And then, you know, you have sulfates in, uh, there's a lot of shampoos have got the same ingredients as washing up liquids. And so it's okay when you're going to wash your oily pan and it bubbles up, it's perfect. But on your naturally curly hair that's dry anyway, you want to leave in all that, you want to hydrate it as much as possible. Some people with curly hair shampoo their hair, some don't. It's completely up to that person. I feel if you're putting lots of products in here all the time, it's good to um, cleanse your scalp as well, but it's also case by case basis. And are there any like mistakes that we're making with curls? I would kind of say that in Australia, and like obviously we can hear my English tone, um, there's no training on it. You know, when I felt, I've been hairdressing like 21 years, and for the first five years of hairdressing, I was cutting someone's hair wet. That's just not very professional. So it's really hard to say, you know, when someone's been hairdressing a long time. And they're like, oh, this is what we do. This is what I was trained with. But, you know, like everything in life, things can change, things evolve. And there's, there's so much information out there. There's a website called naturallycurly.com. And it's got so much information for, for a newbie wanting to look and learn about their hair. You're kind of inundated. There's millions of Facebook groups on it as well. It's just being open to it. I think that's, you know, going against the fundamental rules of hairdressing and cutting hair curl by curl instead of, you know, pulling into sections mm. is for some people very confronting. Well, I must say when Alexina came in from her first haircut at your salon, 
I was like blown away by how good her hair looked. Like just even the way it was styled, it's like she had learned to style it the way that you guys do it in the salon as well. And so all her curls just looked so defined and it looked amazing. And also just the way that it was cut looked fantastic as well. So obviously there there is a bit of method to that madness. So the way that you cut it, do, do the people that come and see you pretty much always wear their hair curly? Like I can't imagine that they'd be straightening well, it. Well, it really depends. You know, we... We say the haircuts are made for curly hair. They cut dry because we're cutting each individual curl. So if, you, if you've got a tight curl and a loose curl together, if you pull them down, you know, the tight curl will be longer than the looser curl. So if you straighten it, yeah. it won't work that way. So imagine you've got someone with straight hair comes in and then you curl their hair and cut it. What will, that, what will that look like? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually a, a really good analogy. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, it's it's really fun. I really, truly love what I do. I get to make someone feel happy because I've never had curly hair. I've never known the experience of going into a hair salon with that fear of what they're going to do to my hair because you don't ever thin it out or razor it because it just, if I, the way I tell people that if you're going to take weight out of a tree, you get a tree surgeon that knows what they're doing. But if someone gets a razor, it's like ripping the bark off the tree. And that's not how you kind of thin a tree. You get a tree surgeon and you take certain branches out to make it work. And then probably the same way as well, when we get thinning scissors, I would say that's like, it's like getting a rake and ripping the leaves out of the tree and being, look, you know, look, there's, I've taken all the leaves out, but you know, you've got to strategically, the way you're cutting it, what curls you take. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. the, the, I tell every client, I look for three things in a curly haircut. Shape, elevation, and hydration. Shape, because, you know, even though every now and then we do a triangle haircut that's, you know, some younger women, it's very fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's pretty cool of having that shape. <laughs> but I've got other people, in, women in their 40s, that that's their curly hair trauma of growing up, not wanting a triangle. <laughs> and then we have... You know, elevation, a lot of, I'd say half our guests have very flat hair at the roots. So they want to learn how to get more volume at the roots. And then um, hydration, curly hair always needs a lot more hydration. Wavy hair, not quite as much, but if your hair's coloured or if if it's in the curly, coily range, it needs so much hydration. Why is that? Why does um, very curly hair need more hydration than my hair type, which is very straight and fine? It's because curly hair is a a coarser texture. And it means, imagine Mm -hmm. if you've got a pine cone and it's dry and the pine cone's all splayed out. And then if you get a pine cone and then you put it into a glass of water, it all kind of closes and goes really smooth. When you touch curly hair and I run my finger down it, I can always tell if someone's got heavy butter or oil in their hair because that doesn't hydrate it. When you're thirsty, you drink a glass of water. You don't drink a cup of oil. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I don't use oil. When I've got someone's hair that's bleach damaged or very dry and I'm only doing a tiny trim at the very bottom and I've got to try and make it feel a bit smoother, I use probably like a five cent piece on very thick hair. Hardly any. Mm-hmm. When women age, you know, you, your curls can change from a little girl to a teenager to in your 20s that when you start, you know, going nuts and colouring it. And then in your 30s, if, you know, I'm, I'm generalising here. 
But if, if you have a baby, your curls can change. Hormones can change your curls radically. You can have tight curly hair and have a baby and suddenly half your hair goes a lot looser. And then your next baby, it can go a lot tighter again. And then if you have another one, you can lose a lot of your curls. This happens. Wow. It's, it's a constant thing. And people say, yeah, I think I've lost my curls. And I get people think it's, an, it's a quick fix. Let's just straighten it. I can't deal with it. But when the roots come through, That's Hannah. <laughs> it's quite hard. Yeah. Hannah, do you feel attacked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hannah has very curly. Oh, I wouldn't say you have very curly hair, Hannah. But it you- used to be very curly. Yeah. So she's done the chemical straightening. Yeah, I've done everything. So it's kind of feels too late for me now. I was going to ask you, is there a curly girl method light? Because I don't, I had a read through it and I was like, I just don't think I can do this. Especially the not washing of the hair. I felt my head would get really itchy. That depends. It's case by case basis. It says it don't wash your hair, but I think that you need to every now and then when your hair needs it. If you've been to a festival, yeah. wash your hair. If you've been putting a lot yeah, of products yeah. in it, wash your hair. I was thinking, I knew we had this interview today and I was I was washing my hair and I was like, what if I just washed the, like I used a scrub on the scalp? Because that's, I mean, for me, I can't, I could not wash the ends, that's fine. But the scalp, like I've got to get in and wash my scalp. A lot, I, I would say more than about 80% of my guests wash their hair about once a week. Some people with afros don't okay. wash it. But, you know, like, a lot of people with curly hair have gone into hair salons and been shamed. So when they say, I don't wash my hair, they're like, oh, that's horrible. But the hair looks amazing. And, you know, if it doesn't need it, then don't do it. But on wavy hair, it can get really weighed down with product and, you know, adding conditioner. So it's a little bit. As long as your product is sulfate silicon free, then I'm like, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Okay. You know, but there's lots of rules to it, but it's work out. You've got to be work out works for you. Because my salon, we don't colour hair. You know, number one is it's not my passion. Number two, when someone's got really healthy, stunning curls and they just want to, they get bored and they want to do crazy stuff to it. You know, there's part of me going, oh my goodness, I can't, you know, that'll be a shame. But the other thing is if we're doing, a, you know, when you've got thick curly hair and then you colour it, you could be at the basin for hours detangling that. And then, you know, as a, as a business thing as well, if someone doesn't turn up and it's, that's a three-hour appointment, gone. So yeah. that's why we don't colour hair in my salon. Mm. But, you know, like there's lots of rules. There's different there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a Facebook group called Curly Girls Australia. It's got, like, I think, 50,000 women in it. But there's another no, group. Hannah, you need to I join know. that. Yeah, I'm... there's another group, which I think you may like, which is, you know, it's a curly girl group, but with no rules. You know, so if you do write, <laughs> hey, I'm going to blow dry it, you're not going to, you won't get vilified for, on the other group, they won't be impressed you saying it. Now that I'm hearing all of this, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want curly nah. hair because it sounds a lot harder to manage than mine. <laughs> if anyone wants to see Neil, um, you can head to Neil Loves Curls on Instagram. His salon is based in Fitzroy in Melbourne. And, of course, he deals with curly hair. So if you've got curly hair, that might be the place to be. Thanks for joining us, Neil. 
All right, PWDKWN, Hannah, you start us off. My product this week is the L'Envitalite Dermal Roller Advanced with Interchangeable Head. It's a long Ooh, name. So, <laughs> so um, as you know, I love skin needling. Yes. So what I actually wanted to call out in this episode was if you are really confused by skin needling both like at home skin needling and in clinic skin needling, mm-hmm. head to our YouTube channel and I have done a video. I think it's called. You'll see. It's a new. You'll see Hannah there. It's one of. It's you'll see me there. It's hard to miss. And basically in this video, I was using the new dermal roller with the interchangeable head. That's the one with the multiple heads, isn't it? No, 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 no. Oh. No, no, it's a new one. Oh. Yeah, no, it's a new one. So you can basically repurchase just the interchangeable changeable head. So because oh. you know how you've got to you've got to replace your dermarola every few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one is just you just buy the new head and then you can just put that on and, and throw out right. the old one. And okay. they've also got an, an ice roller replaceable head as well. Oh that's up my alley. So could you leave that in the freezer? Yeah just keep it in the fridge it says. If you need to cool it quickly place it in the freezer but don't store mm. it there. Okay. Yeah. So I don't really have much else to say about it because you can go and watch that YouTube video and I basically like I'd be here all day if I was trying to tell you how to how to do it how to derma roll properly. (laughs) Go check it out on um, YouTube if you're interested in seeing that derma roller in action. And that's all I have to say on the matter. Okay. And what great? What about you, (laughs) Joe? So my product I didn't know I needed. I think I alluded to last week, and it is the Murad Vita C Eyes Dark Circle Corrector. So. As I said on Instagram, I think I did a Sunday session like two weeks ago and I said on there, generally, I don't like to recommend things purely for dark circles because I feel like there is a big influence from lifestyle and hereditary factors when it comes to dark circles. And so I don't like to usually recommend stuff specifically for that because I just don't think that it's ever going to live up to the expectations that you have. So I tried this Murad Vita C Eyes Dark Circle Corrector not expecting it to do a whole lot. Like I thought, oh, it'll give me a bit of hydration. I'm sure it'll be a nice eye cream, but I wasn't expecting it to actually do anything to my dark circles. And legit a week later, I was like, holy shit, this is actually doing something. I've got like a really dark circle under one eye and then the other eye is kind of normal. I don't know why one eye is worse than the other. If anyone can tell me that, that would be great. But this eye serum has a vitamin C complex. I think it's got three forms of vitamin C. It's got um, red and brown algae extract and that helps to de-puff and soothe and brighten. And then it's got these light reflecting minerals and they give a brightening appearance to the eye straight away. So as soon as you put it on, it like brightens the under eye. So I've been using it under makeup as well um, in the morning and using it at night too. So I'm just, I'm probably going to run out of it soon because I'm using a lot of it, but it definitely made a difference for me personally and my darker circle. So I'm just going to keep smashing it. I love it. I'm loving that range as well. The Vita C. Have you used the serum? I'm using the serum. It's quite quite tingly. Yeah, it tingled for me the first couple of times and then I think I've adjusted to it. It is glycolic and vitamin C, so I would be surprised if it didn't tingle. It feels like it's doing something, that's for sure. Yeah, have you noticed it makes you look glowier the next day? 
Yeah, well, I'm actually using that one, trying that one on my chest as well. Okay. I have done a phenomenal job of fading the pigmentation on my chest. Have you got a before and after? Okay, so I have photos from Thailand and that's when my chest started like... Yeah, I remember you saying you'd put on SPF and it was still tanning. I could really see the pigmentation and the freckles coming to the surface on that trip and it was like, oh no. And so I've started using vitamin C and it's really, really faded, particularly that one spot. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have to do an episode on it. I'm I'm really impressed yes. with myself. Yeah, let's do that. We'll find out how you did it. I think I know some of the products you've been using, but I don't know all of them. Well, oh, I've been using a whole heap. I, yeah. I, literally, <laughs> I layer everything on my chest. Like, I don't care. Do we want to? I've actually got some new memes to share with you, Joe. Oh, yes. To finish you this know what off. I love? Sometimes people send us memes on Instagram. They're yes. like a meme for the podcast. Um, and it's really cute. I love that. I have been getting so much mac and cheese content sent to me. And people keep, oh my God, like I get a new recipe sent to me like every day. People are like, yes, like I feel, and someone sent me a message and said, you're a mac and cheese influencer, like laughing, obviously. Yeah, you are. But seriously, the mac and cheese is like, I'm loving it. It's so good. Are you sending me one now? No, I'm not. I don't have anything to send you right now. But I have some to read out to you that I think are really, that I think this one in particular. So this is actually Shameless reposted this. So I miss leaving an event that I never wanted to go to and Ubering home no matter the cost. That's you. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is so me. I'll pay for an Uber to get home. Yes. Like if I want to leave, I don't care how much it costs. Okay, here's another one. I just don't see bras making a comeback after this. I'm definitely wearing a Calvin Klein crop top for the rest of my life. I'm never putting a bra on again. Why would you, Mm. honestly? I know. Okay, now this one's for me and for anyone else in their early 30s. At 33, I'm like an old phone battery. Even when you charge me overnight for 10 hours, by 10 a.m. I'm at 60%. That is so me. <laughs> Did I read this one before? Okay, 1920, alcohol is pro- prohibited. 2020, liquor stores are an essential business during a nat- national health crisis. <laughs> That's us for another week. Another week. Love your pores. Yeah, love your pores, love your skin texture. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.